Picture this. You're walking through a mall and you spot a sleek new smartphone or a shiny new pair of shoes in the display window. You are tempted to buy it, but there's a problem. It's beyond your budget. What do you do? Do you whip out your credit card knowing that you will worry about the debt later? Or do you walk away resisting the temptation? Money is not all math. Thinking that it is, is one of the biggest misconceptions. I had this written really big. It says, you're not a thinking machine that feels, you're a feeling machine that thinks. So it's really important to acknowledge the fact that a lot of our decisions, a lot of what we do is driven by emotions and not by proper thinking. And, it, you know, it's very important that we first acknowledge that and then like, um, make decisions accordingly. Who you heard was Junofi Anto Rosarina, a behavioral scientist and founder of Beyond Nudge Consultancy. Junofi has spent years researching about human behaviors and our decision-making processes. I know it sounds really nice when I say I'm going to make rational decisions from now on. But I think the most important thing is to understand that we are not rational beings. The truth might surprise you. Decades of psychological research have shown that our brains are far from the efficient calculating machines we often imagine them to be. Reality is that we may not be capable of assessing all available information and arriving at the most logical and optimal choice for us, particularly when it comes to managing our finances, including managing debt. From student loans to credit card debt, mortgages to personal loans, debt affects people from all walks of life. But beyond the numbers on a balance sheet, there lies a complex and deeply personal story of how debt shapes our lives. I'm your host, Ashish Chavla. Welcome to another episode of Temperament by One Finance, where we explore emotions and biases and their effect on the way we handle our money. Our aim is to help you avoid costly mistakes by giving you practical financial knowledge that helps you make smarter financial decisions. As per the latest data from Reserve Bank of India, credit card spending has hit a record high of Rs 1.4 lakh crore in May this year. The number of cards in use has jumped by more than 5 million since January and crossed 87.4 million in May. The total spending or outstanding dues on credit cards have been rising by 5% month on month and for the first time, credit card outstanding has crossed the Rs 2 lakh crore mark. In this episode, we'll hear from leading behavioral scientist and credit card expert and gain insights into the psychological and emotional underpinnings of debt, understanding why we get lured into swiping our cards and what financial debt repayment strategies we can follow to steer us back on track. This is important because holistic financial planning is not only about investment or emergency planning, but also includes debt management. Also, I uncover the interesting personal story of Deepak Kanakaraju, a blogger turned digital marketer and explore the significant shift in his mindset that helped him move from a state of excessive spending using debt to a state of financial stability. My first inquiry to Junofi centered on the fundamental reason behind our tendency to overspend. The question I had for her was, why do people struggle with debt even when they know it's not in their best interest? Firstly, I want to talk about this behavioral science concept called intertemporal discounting. So I know it sounds complicated, but the simple way of putting it is just instant gratification, which basically means that 
you know, when something is fun to have and something is like really pleasant to have, we like to get it done like right now. But when something is like really unpleasant, then we kind of like postpone it, right? So it's, it's just that concept. And we postpone stuff even when we know it gets more difficult, stressful, expensive, whatever, over time. So, I mean, that's kind of why, you know, people struggle to complete work or study on time, but postpone everything to the deadline. We choose to like watch a movie instead of finishing a work when we know that the deadline's upcoming. So we don't really make very smart choices between time. And that's what the whole concept of intertemporal means. It's just between time. Now, just imagine you want to buy a car. So the fun part of buying a car is getting the car, but the painful part is paying for it, right? So naturally, humans like to have the fun part now and the painful part later. So we just go ahead and make the decision of buying the car, especially when you can get an EMI or you know pay for it later. We end up doing that because we do not want to pay for it now because it's just painful, right? So that is one way. That's how you know we humans are wired. We constantly fall trapped to instant gratification. So that's one. The other thing that really contributes, according to me, to like the whole debt mindset is something we call anticipatory spending. So it just means that there's a lot of research currently that shows that people not only spend based on income. So, you know, when, let's say uh, you're anticipating a bonus, then you end up spending a lot. But it's not just when you know you're getting a bonus and you're actually getting the bonus. It's when you know you're going to get a bonus in the future itself. So even before the money actually touches your bank account, you start spending like you got the money. So this also contributes a lot to debt in the sense that, Research shows how there's a huge surge in how people spend when they know there's an incoming credit coming up soon. So it could be inheritance, it could be a bonus, it could be just your salary getting credited every month. But um, yeah, we do spend in advance often. And that kind of, you know, contributes to the whole debt itself. And um, lastly, this is something that I find really interesting and I constantly observe in people is that we humans have this very strong psychological need to feel like we are in control of our life. And people resort to like various ways of dealing with it. So for example, even excessive cleaning and redecoration, re reorganization of houses, that is like one way in which people cope with like the whole chaos in life, of just bad days, right? And one such coping mechanism is retail therapy, where being able to like buy whatever you want gives you like a sense of power and some control. And despite the financial pain it causes, I mean, just from a very neuroscience psychology perspective, it does give you like a good dosage of all these happy hormones and it can even get addictive. So that is also another, according to me, a big contributor to this whole mindset of excessive spending and eventually even falling in debt. The one behavioral aspect that stands out for me out of the three shared by Janofi is instant gratification mindset. And I'm reminded of the famous Stanford Marshmallow experiment. In this study, a child was offered a choice between one small but immediate reward or two small rewards if they waited for a period of time. During this time, the researcher left the child in a room with a single marshmallow for about 15 minutes and then returned. If they did not eat the marshmallow, the reward was another marshmallow. In follow-up studies, the researchers found that children who were able to wait longer for the preferred rewards tended to have better life outcomes as measured by SAT scores, educational attainment, body mass index, and other life measures. 
In our modern world filled with distractions, it becomes increasingly challenging to resist the temptations of excessive consumerism, enticing advertisements and social pressures. This naturally begs the question, to what extent do these factors influence people and lead them towards overspending and accumulating debt? So, yeah, I mean, humans are like very, very social beings. And despite what we all like to admit, our behavior does get affected a lot by everything around us. Just to like paint a picture here, just imagine it's like 1850s. Like, how do we know what is in style, right? Like in 1850s, you probably just see what others around you are doing. You look at, you know, the cooler people in your village the most stylish looking men and women in the village and you try to copy that and you're basically restricted to what is around you then right and imagine like 1970s how do we know what is in style so we see what's what people around us are doing we also watch tv so you know now imports are happening so you know you have like a little more choice but it's super expensive so you probably just still stick to local designs and all of that and then imagine like 2000s now we have magazines and loads of tvs and like advertisements being pushed on your face and 2023 is like a whole other case where you literally don't seek it. It's literally pushed on your face. Like, you know, Instagram, like all shopping websites like Amazon, just Google searches, all sorts of magazines, newsletters, you just like get it everywhere around you. And again, yeah, given we're social creatures, we like to stay on top of all these trends. You have like that cool phone, cool car, that novel that everyone's talking about. You want to read it too. This is so true. We are social creatures and keeping up with the Jonases has almost become a lifestyle choice. Here is some staggering data for you. According to Nitin and Rai, the Union Minister of State for Home, between 2018 and 2020, more than 25,000 people took their own lives because they were unemployed or had too much debt. Debt stands out as a prominent cause for suicide in India. Now let me share Deepak's intriguing journey with you. Deepak started his career blogging about motorbikes and then transitioned into selling courses online. As life progressed, marriage marked a turning point, catalyzing a significant transformation in his spending habits. My spouse at that time was constantly, like, you know, not really appreciating me. So to feel good about myself, I had to buy stuff. I had to buy the latest iPhone, absolutely. I had to buy a bike, super bike, a Kawasaki versus 650 for almost like 10 lakhs. I had to take international vacations because otherwise I would feel so depressed. So around uh, 2018, there was a lot of changes happening in my personal life. I was married and then I became single again. And uh, until before that, uh, I did not really take seriously into how you should save for the future. Most of my savings were locked up in real estate. It was like my second stage of my adulthood. I was 30, I was single and I was literally starting from scratch because whatever I had, I had given it away as part of the separation process. And then it struck me that, hey, I don't have like much liquid cash lying around. And uh, I had a lot of credit cards because I was in good jobs in multiple companies. So from American Express credit card to HDFC credit card, every company's credit card was with me. I won't necessarily say that debt is a bad thing. The availability of credit is what fuels business growth. And since I was personally in a very, very low burn rate of you know personal expenses, I basically used all my credit cards to run ads on Facebook and Google and generate a lot of leads. And I was carefully uh, going up to uh, 20 lakhs in debt. But again, 
as long as you don't go in debt for something like going on a vacation or renovating your home or anything like that which is not something where you will have a productive return out of it like it's okay to go in debt for education uh, but it's not okay to go in debt for buying a car right what are you going to achieve by buying a car you could like you know use public transport or use a really old car but if you are going into debt to buy a car to impress your relatives or friends and act as if you have a lot of money then uh, you are like doomed so my debt was more into like business debt and uh, it was a sole proprietorship company everything was in my name at that time so i was able to generate a lot of leads and i knew digital marketing well enough to know that hey if i go ahead and you know have this entire uh, reinvestment back into the business and launch new courses to my audience from the leads that i have generated then i will be able to get that money back so it took like almost a year for me to completely get out of debt deepak's story provides a different perspective to what we have been discussing not all debt is bad if you use the credit to invest in appreciating assets and do the math objectively debt could play a pivotal role in financial success i was also keen on understanding what principles lead to a shift in one's mindset of overspending however before getting deep into exploring effective psychological strategies I decided to consult with Aparna Ramachandra, founder of Rectify Credit. With years of experience in guiding individuals on financial planning, debt management and improving credit scores, Aparna has noticed a concerning trend in the area of personal loans. So, as of 23 March 23, the outstanding was close to 141 trillion rupees. So, this has jumped from 129 to 141. and this is only going up now in this port this 141 that we are talking about almost a large chunk of course the ticket wise each loan ticket wise the home loan percentage is obviously higher but if you see in isolation the personal loan growth that portfolio is growing at almost 20 22% per annum in the last 2 to 3 years so which again is a scary trend the other thing is the credit outstanding from the banking in the entire banking space is again gone up by 15% to about 137 trillion rupees now when i say outstanding credit this is typically deposit versus what is being you know given out as lending by the banks so the deposit rate is not growing as much as much as what banks are lending so if this mismatch continues then this again is not a good trend for the banking domain clearly more and more people are borrowing money we take personal loans spend on credit cards get home mortgages among other things what i want to highlight is that borrowing comes with responsibility It's crucial for all of us to know how to handle debt, plan wisely and budget our monthly EMIs. I asked Aparna how one should go about managing one's debt. People are just plain lazy or they are very scared to see the reality in black and white. Three, there are lot of preconceived notions that I am not good at numbers or I am not an expert here. 
so maybe someone who knows or this xyz knows better so i have to rely on what they say and follow so these are largely the reasons why people don't sit across uh, you know sit with a pen and paper and do their own math point number 1 put on a piece of paper all that are your outstandings in that make two columns in the first column put the total that is still outstanding in the second break it to monthly what is it that you need to repay so this will give you a clarity as to you know where you stand number 1 number 2 if there are term based loans which means there are home loans there are auto loans there are personal loans also put how many more months are remaining what's the tenure so if you break this down i can bet on this that you know almost 60% will get a solution themselves now there may be scenarios where it is beyond like you know there was this famous uh, i think it was zomato that said buy biryani now and pay later <laughs> so if you eaten far too biryanis and now you realize that you know there's a big chunk waiting there then in that maybe then you see if there are any of those you know dud investments that you made they're not doing really great or there is something that you can partially withdraw use that to repay these loans rather than paying these penalty interest like i always say go and talk to your lender tell them that you know this is the situation see if you can rework your emi see if you can increase your tenure if age is on your side you know if your credit profile is still good and the lender is all right okay to do that with you so see what are your options available and then work out a plan there's a young guy that has come to me he has around 16 personal loans ongoing and he's not able to manage those loans but obvious so only on digging further i figured out that you know pandemic he lost his job dad got into the hospital and because he was between jobs he had lost a job and he was yet to find a job there was no medical insurance so dad's hospital bills had to be paid through personal loans and you know all of that you know such people i always tell them that you are like the patient in the tb ward for me so you need to first be given antibiotics and then you need to be put on the multivitamin therapy and then there is a rehab and then is where you walk out so we are now going through that journey with him so like i always tell people life is beautiful i mean i know sometimes you know shit can hit the roof but then you know there is always an option there is always an option option to put things on paper come with a well thought through plan look at sources like friends and families to arrange for repayment and plan your monthly budgets wisely also one option that people don't explore is the option of debt restructuring it is the process of reworking an existing debt agreement to better fit your current financial situation best is to take help from a qualified financial advisor One Finance has experienced credit counselors who can help you with planning, budgeting and restructuring of debt. If you find yourself leaning towards debt restructuring as the most suitable path, consider taking the following steps. Begin by conducting a thorough assessment of your financial situation. This includes making a list of all your expenses, outstanding debts and recurring monthly costs like rent, utilities and groceries. 
determine the exact amount you owe, the monthly payments you are making, the impact of interest charges, and the status of each account. Figure out your affordability. Prior to reaching out to lenders, it's crucial to have a clear idea of your financial capacity. Evaluate your monthly budget and calculate a reasonable amount you can allocate towards debt repayment each month. Initiate contact with creditors as soon as you realize that you may struggle with your payment. Taking proactive steps can benefit your credit score and improve your chances of obtaining debt relief. And finally, negotiate the terms of your new agreement. This would involve loan modification, payment deferrals, extending the loan term, adjusting the balance due, waiving penalty fees that has already been added, reducing the interest rate and so. If debt restructuring is difficult, you can contemplate a debt consolidation loan as a potential solution for improving your financial situation. This involves acquiring a new loan or line of credit to pay your existing debts. The new debt ideally comes with better terms like lower interest rates. Another option to consider is refinancing a personal loan. This involves obtaining a new loan to replace an existing one. And if your credit score has improved since you took out the original loan, refinancing could prove to be a sensible choice. I hope you found these financial tips useful. Now this takes me back to Jonofi, the behavioral scientist. I would like to close this episode by understanding from her what systems we can develop that will prevent us from getting into debt in the first place. Like, why don't you just let your cart just marinate for a while before you check it out? Like, just add all the stuff you want. Just let it sit in there for, let's say, a day or two, revisit it and then check it out, right? It can be very much, very, very way of stopping you from doing those impulsive purchase decisions on e-commerce, for instance. So I think creating such processes is really important. I think it is also psychologically important to have like a small quota of impulse purchases. I think that's healthy and that's okay. But it's just that, you know, you should have a quota and then stick to it. So for instance, if you think you're not doing so great financially, then maybe you should think about canceling that card or use the credit card only for amount that you actually have in your account. You know, like don't get money, don't borrow any money over what you can repay. And again, like I asked some of my friends who end up doing spending a lot of money to not take advanced salary payments, like don't do that. So I think creating some processes or some rules that gives you some freedom, but still also stops you from, let's say, overspending or getting to an extent where it's actually financially harmful for you. I think that is really important. There are many reasons that lead to overspending, such as succumbing to lifestyle choices, fear of missing out and lacking proper financial planning. Additionally, the significant inflation witnessed over recent years has escalated the overall cost of living, further worsening the situation. The good news is that regardless of why you are overspending, there are financial strategies and psychological systems you can follow to fix it. Debt can be a powerful tool for achieving our goals, but it can also become a burden when mismanaged or driven by emotional impulses. It's important to remember that each individual's financial situation is unique. While we have covered valuable insights, it's recommended to consult a qualified financial advisor for a comprehensive assessment of your specific circumstances. A One Finance Qualified Financial Advisor, for instance, can provide you tailored guidance and help you create a holistic financial plan to achieve your goals, including managing debt responsibly. They can work with you to understand your financial priorities, assess risks, and identify opportunities for growth and financial stability. Let's take control of our financial destinies with confidence and mindfulness. If you found this valuable, then help us spread this message. And until next time, stay financially empowered. This is Temperament by One Finance, produced by Wine Studio, and I'm your host, Ashish Shabla. 
Investment in securities market are subject to market risks. Read all related documents carefully before investing. The securities quoted are for illustration only and are not recommendatory.